Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to lift up your word and for all those that will hear it. We lift up Mark after his surgery. We lift up Loretta, who's not feeling well, and Annie, who's not feeling well. And, and Lord, you know the others that are in need of prayer, and we lift them up. We ask you to lead and guide as we open your word and, and look into it. And we just thank you in your son's name. Amen. Leviticus 5, starting at verse 14, we're going to continue the trespass offerings. Verse 14, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, If a soul committed trespass and sinned through ignorance in the holy things of the Lord, then he shall bring for his trespass unto the Lord a ram without blemish out of the flocks, with, the, with your estimation by shekels of silver, after the shekel of the sanctuary for, for a trespass offering. And he shall make amends for the harm that he has done in the holy thing, and shall add a fifth part thereon, and give it unto the priest, and the priest shall make an atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering, and it shall be forgiven him. And if a soul sin and commit any of these things which are forbidden to be done by the commandments of the Lord, though he knew it not, yet he is guilty and shall bear the iniquity. And he shall bring a ram without blemish out of the flock with your estimation for a trespass offering unto the priest, and the priest shall make an atonement for him concerning his ignorance, wherein he erred and knew not, and it shall be forgiven him. It is a trespass offering that he has certainly trespassed against the Lord. So we're going to continue on this whole idea. In verse 15 is saying, If any soul committed trespass and sinned through ignorance in the holy things of the Lord, then he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord, a ram without blemish out of the flock, with, with, his estimation, with your estimation by, by shekels of silver. And this idea of ignorance is to sin inadvertently, to, to err. It is literally sin to miss the mark. It's not pre-thought pre of. It's not uh, anything that he's done on purpose. It's something that he just found that he did. And it says that he shall bring his offering, and then the priests are going to have an estimation of what the cost of the sin cost. If it's damages, he pays, he pays for the damages. And he, so your sin offering was not just the offering, it was the amount of money you paid into the treasury at the same time for, for making restitution. And that is part of the trespass offering. And it said that if he, he shall make amend for harm that he has done and, and shall add a fifth part, a 20% penalty if he harms somebody. Uh, so if he caused $100 worth of damage, he would pay $120 in damages, uh, as well as the ram for the offering. So it could get very, very uh, expensive for his damages, but it was people got reimbursed for the damages done. And all through Leviticus, we're going to see this, that God makes them pay for what they've done and then add to it for, for punishment. And if a soul sin and commit any of these things which are forbidden to be done by the commandments of the Lord, though he knew it not, yet he is guilty and shall bear his iniquity. And he shall bring a ram without blemish of the flock with, his estimate, with the estimation for a trespass offering unto the priest, and the priest shall make the atonement for him concerning his ignorance wherein he erred and knew it not, and it shall be forgiven him. It is a trespass offering that he has certainly trespassed against the Lord." 
And this whole idea, this whole offering of the trespass was to make people atoned with God or made them back to being one with God. And it took the, it took the blood of the sacrifice. And if we remember when we started talking about trespass offerings last week, it was the idea of a burnt offering. This offering was burnt upon the altar, completely consumed. Chapter 6. And the Lord spake unto Moses, If a soul sin and commit a trespass against the Lord, and he lies to his, uh, to his neighbor in that which he delivered him to keep, or in fellowship, or in anything taken away by violence, he has deceived or has deceived his neighbor, or has found that which was lost and lies concerning it, or swears falsely in any other, all these things that the man doeth, sinning therein. Then it shall be, because he has sinned and is guilty, that he shall restore that which he took violently away, or the thing which he has deceitfully gotten, or that which was delivered unto him to keep, or, or the lost thing which he found, or all that about which he has sworn falsely, and he shall even restore it unto in the principle, and shall add a fifth part more unto it, and give it to, unto him to whom he it appertaineth in the day of his trespass offering. And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord, a ram without blemish, out of the flock, with your estimation for the trespass offering unto the priest. And the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord, and it shall be forgiven him for anything, any of all that has done in the trespass therein. This is talking about truthfulness. And we've, we've talked a little bit about truthfulness last, last week at the beginning of uh, chapter 5. It talked about you had to tell the truth, and if you were questioned, you had to tell all that you knew. You didn't just answer the questions and, and try to not make, it, make the whole truth. If you knew something, you were to speak it. And we talked about how our courts aren't like that. You know, you're told to answer just the questions you're asked. Don't answer with the whole truth. And here it's saying, a soul sins if he commits a trespass, if he lies to his neighbor in that which was delivered unto him to keep. And that's the idea that he gives you something and you say you lost it or it was stolen and it's a lie. Or in fellowship, just in communication back and forth, if you lie in regular to everyday communication. Or in a thing taken away by violence, or you steal from somebody, or if you deceive your neighbor. All of this gets back into truthfulness, and this is what he's talking about. If you just kind of just lie inadvertently to your neighbor, or even on purpose, or you say something was stolen that was given to you to protect, or, and it says, if you found that which is lost, and lie concerning it, or swear falsely in any of these, a man doth sin. And this is that idea that you find something, even if you found something, you were to try to find its owner. Uh, and this might be a lost lamb, or a sheep, or change purse, or anything that comes down to your possession, you were to try to get it back to the owner. And if you were asked, you were to say, you know, tell the truth and give it back. And if you were guilty, you were to restore everything that was, re that was taken. And again, there's, you were to add, a, add to it by a fifth part or 20%. So again, if you, you took something of value, you gave back what was of value and a 20% penalty on it. So God automatically had a, had a repayment system in hand that you took something, the person who lost it got reimbursed. Very different from our legal system where the state gets the money and, and people are out all the, all the stuff. But God's saying if you're going to harm somebody, it's going to cost you the original plus. 
But it also, it says, when, you, when he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord, a ram without blemish, out of the flock, with your estimation for the trespass offering. So not only did you lose to the person you're paying back, but when you gave the offering, you had to give the value to the priest as well. And so this is, can get very expensive because now you're up to a, uh, another penalty, another 100% penalty on top of the penalty. So it's going to cost you 220% for the, for the theft. So quite, quite expensive. And when you bring all of that, you paid back, you paid back the, the, the 20%, you gave the priest the, their, their, their amount of the value of it, and you, then you brought your sacrifice. Then the priest would make the sacrifice of the burnt offering taking us all the way back to make atonement for the people to bring them back into favor with God. So God was trying to make it that it was expensive to sin. <laughs> Very expensive to sin. You, you, were, you were going to pay back everybody plus, the, plus him and the, and, the, and the sacrifice. So it was going to cost something if you were to, to sin. And this is where the trespass offering is going to enter. We're going to be looking at how did they do some of these offerings? How did the priests do some of these offerings? Starting at verse 8 of chapter 6. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is a burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night unto morning, and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen breeches, shall he put on, on his flesh and take up the ashes which the, the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. And he shall put off his garments and put on other garments and carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it and shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it, and he shall burn thereof the fat of the peace offerings, and the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. And this is, this is what they were doing. This altar had a fire in it all the time. When they moved, they took that, that fire and they put it in a, in a container and carried the fire in a container to restart the fire at their new location. It, well, it could be out of torch or a, a fire, fire bucket. But this is, this is kind of interesting. When they, when they were coming in, the priest would put on his linen. We talked about his linen garments and his, and his, you know, his breeches that you know, covered his nakedness. He went in. He took the ashes out of the altar. With, careful not to break the fire. He took the excess ash out. He put the ashes beside the altar. And after he was done with his service of taking the ashes, he had to go change into regular work clothes to carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. The ashes were not clean, but they had to be taken out. They were holy, because they, but they were not something they wanted to stay there because you would have your fire go out with too many ashes. And so they had to carry these ashes out of the outside of the camp and be careful to leave the fire burning. And there's a story of uh, Aaron's two sons who offered strange fire. They got fire for the offering from somewhere else other than from the offering, and they were killed instantly for using strange fire. And then Aaron was told not even to grieve for them because they had been disciplined. And he said, the people will grieve for them. 
And this is the specialness of this fire that God said. This is the holy fire. This is what you're going to use to make the offering. And you're going to do it the right way. And it says that every morning the priest would put more wood on the fire and they would burn their offerings all day long and then they would empty out the, the ashes and carry them out. But this fire was a perpetual fire, just as the Holy Spirit is our fire that stays perpetually in us and motivates all of our work. And it's the fire of the Spirit that is supposed to burn in us and, and motivate us. And, and if it's us doing it, it's not worth anything. It's strange fire. And uh, this, is what, this is what he's saying. This is going to be a, a perpetual fire burning from God. Verse 14, then we're going to look at, and this is the law of the meat offering. Again, we want to remember that meat offering is not flesh offering. It's the, the, the vegetables, the meal, the fine flour. Before, the sons of Aaron shall offer it before the Lord, before the altar, and he shall take of it a handful of the flour of the meat offering and of the oil thereof and all the frankincense which was upon the meat offering and shall burn it on the altar. It is a sweet savor unto even a memorial of it unto the Lord. And the remainder thereof shall Aaron and his sons eat. With unleavened bread shall it be eaten in the holy place, in the court of the tabernacle of the congregation. They shall eat it. It shall not be baked with leaven. I have given it unto them for their portion of my offering but made by fire. It is most holy. This is the sin offering as, as in the trespass offering. All the males among the children of Aaron shall eat of it. It shall be a statute forever in your generations concerning the offerings of the Lord made by fire. Everyone that touches them shall be holy. So the meat offering, the whole offering that was the sharing of, with God of, of your produce. And it said that you brought this flour, and if you remember, we talked about it being a fine flour, you know, really ground, not taking any of the husks. It took the kernels from inside the flour and ground it into a very fine powder, and they were to add oil to it and frankincense to the part that was going to be burnt. And, they, and the priest would take a handful of that offering out of the basket with, all, with oil and the frankincense and throw it on the fire and that was the part that God got, just one little handful out of the whole, whole offering. And the rest of the meal offering belonged to the priest that gave that offering. And he would take it and it would go into their, their stockpile and they would then be able to make bread out of it and have bread all day long out of that offering of fine flour. And the fine flour represents humanity being totally crushed and mixed into a fine, fine powder that God could then use and it was to be without leaven or without sin. And when they took it, it was to be unleavened bread and just flat little crackers and cakes out of, the, out of it. And God says, I have given in unto them for their portion of my offering made by fire. It is most holy. And they were to eat it. And they were to eat it in, and not make cakes of leavened cake out of it or cookies or breads. It was a holy thing. And again, it was the, the idea that that was their portion. The priests were supported by the people. They did not have their own land to till. They had their little cities throughout the land where they had some flocks and a small portion of land to till. But most of their keeping came from 
the offerings. And remember, we just talked about the burnt offering and the part about the burnt offering. They got the skin as they, as they peeled the, the skin off of the, the bullocks. And so they would get the skin. So they had their leather, leather to, to tan and hide. Verse 19. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This is the offering of Aaron and his sons, which they shall offer unto the Lord in the day which he is anointed, a tenth part of an ephah of fine flour for a meal, meat offering, perpetually half of it in the morning and half of it there of at night. In a pan it shall be made with oil and it shall be baked. You shall bring it in and the baked pieces of the meat offering shall thou offer for a sweet savor unto the Lord. And the priest and his son that is anointed in his stead shall offer it. It is a statute forever unto the Lord and shall be wholly burnt. For the meat offering of, for the priest shall be wholly burnt. It is not to be eaten. And this, so when the priest offered a off, meat offering, it was totally different from mm -hmm. the people's offering. It would still had an ephod, about, about uh, six-tenths of a gallon in our, in our thing, our thinking. Again, it's made out of that flour, and it's brought to, and, and it's half of it was brought in in the morning, half of it at night. And they were to do this every day as the priest. And they were to put that uh, in, in a pan with the oil, and it would be baked, and then they would offer all of it. It wasn't, there was no, for the priest, there was no memorial part of the offering. When the priest gave, all of his offering was burnt, not just a small part of it because it would be given back to himself in essence. If he did it himself, it would be given back to him. So all of his offering was taken up before God and burnt. And so we have a slightly different pr process. It's not just a handful of it, but the whole cake for the priest is burnt and, and, and taken into consideration. And the priest's offering was a mandatory offering. It wasn't, wasn't a sacrifice that he made. And if we remember the meat, is that the meat offering was that one where, where they, they got back part of it. So the priest would have to burn all of this offering with it. And they only had one choice. And remember before, for the meat offering for the regular person, they could just give them flour. They could, they could fry it. They could bake it. They could, they could boil it. I mean, they could any way they wanted to cook it and you know, supply it to the priest. But for the priest, it has to be baked. And that's that idea of heat being applied to the human beings to sift out the, the evil and, and draw out the evil. So they, they only had one way to be able to do it. The fine flour representing humanity and then baked baked into one solid loaf of, of bread that was going to be used and then given to God. Verse 24. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his son, saying, This is the law of the sin offering. In the place where, where the burnt offering is killed shall the sin offering be killed before the Lord. It is most holy. The priest that offers the sin offering shall eat it in the holy place shall it be eaten in the court of the tabernacle of the congregation. Whoever shall touch the flesh thereof shall be holy. And when there is, is sprinkled of the blood thereupon the garment which you shall wash that therein that is sprinkled in the holy place. But the earthen vessel wherein it is sodden shall be broken. It, and if it be sodden in brass pot, it shall be both 
scoured and rinsed in water. All the males among the priests shall eat thereof. It is most holy. And no sin offering whereof any of the blood is brought into the tabernacle of the congregation to reconcile with all in, in the holy place shall be eaten. It shall be burnt in the fire. So here we go when he's talking about the sin offering. This was the offering that the priests were going to consume. They, they remember we talked about the, it. Was, it is also called the heave offering. They, they cut the, the shoulder off and they hold it up before God and, and, and it, goes to, it goes to the priest and the fat and, and, and the kidneys and the rest of it will be going before God and on the fire. God got all the best parts of the meat, the fatty parts. And it was to be offered, and the priest that offered it was able to eat of that offering. And it, the sacrifice and the blood covered the sin and atoned for the sin of the, of the individual. And then God said that the priest who eats it and touches of the sacrifice will be holy as well. So this was a sacred duty, and it had to be eaten in the court of the tabernacle of the congregation, and it could not be taken out. And remember we talked about this offering, depending on how it was given, would be they would have a window of two to three days to eat all the meat. And anything that wasn't done in that window was to be burnt. Mm -hmm. It was not to be touched on the third day. And so this is, this is something else. And then we read that if they cooked it in a clay pot or, or something of that nature, that pot had to be destroyed after they cooked it. And they made their soup or whatever, because it says sodden, boiled. Uh, and if it was a brass pot, it was to be washed real well. And it says, all the male priests shall be able to eat of it. It is the most holy thing. And no sin offering whereof any blood is brought into the tabernacle of the congregation to reconcile in the holy place shall be eaten. It is to be burnt. So anything left over was to be burnt. And that was to be gone. It was only, it was not going to sit in a place that made made sin and, and, and death in there. And we're going to stop here because we went by this really quick. <laughs> so we're going to pray and we're done. Lord, we just thank you for the day. We thank you for your, your, the opportunity to be able to go through this and your sacrifices and how much they really show us of who you are and, and how much you care for us. And we ask that you just bless us as we go out today. In your son's name, amen.